You're listening to the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Alright, let's get to it. Welcome to another special edition of the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. I am CJ Palmasano. I am your host. Thank you for bearing with me with uh, my crazy schedule lately. And um, with, uh, you know, I was recovering from a cold a few weeks ago. Uh, I am still, at the time of this recording, um, I'm feeling a lot better. I'm doing a lot better. Uh, I want to thank uh, everyone who is wishing me well wishes, uh, especially my, my good buddies Bryce and Dylan at Making Kayfabe. Thank you, guys. I'm doing really well. I'm doing a lot better. Um, I put out on our Twitter, poll, uh, Twitter at TNAWP, as to take a gander as to what uh, this week's special edition uh, of the podcast was. Uh, obviously, last week we did not have a uh, special edition. But uh, here is what we're going to be doing here today. If you couldn't tell by the title of this podcast episode. So I put it on the poll just to see if uh, see if you guys could guess it. So uh, I gave the choice of special guests, history on a wrestler, and a top 10 list. 50% of you said special guests. 33% of you said history on a wrestler. And 17% of you said top 10 list. Well... Those 17% are correct. We are doing a top 10 list here today, tonight, tomorrow, this evening, whenever you're listening to this podcast. Today we're going to be talking about my top 10 NXT TakeOver matches. Now, this is a list that I've been wanting to do for quite some time. This is a list that I've been wanting to do really ever since the inception of NXT 2.0. Uh, I'm not really somebody who watches NXT 2.0. Um, it's just not my NXT anymore. It's um, which is a shame because in the early days of this podcast, myself and my my forever my co-host Sean McChesney, uh, we'd always uh, we'd always talk about NXT. You know, when we started our podcast, you know the like the the Gargano and Champa rivalry was going strong, and you know we had went to take over Brooklyn Four. You know. Uh, Sean and I have been to take over Brooklyn one together. Um, you know, it's um, I've been fortunate enough to go to quite a few different NXT shows. You know, I went to uh, an NXT house show uh, the night before NXT Philly, uh, Takeover Philly, with my girlfriend, and I actually met Johnny Gargano and Montez Ford real quickly. Uh, Gargano was super nice, really cool dude. It was fucking freezing that night, and Gargano was just wearing uh, like shorts and a, and a t-shirt. Uh, it's always the shorter guys who who do that in the winter time because I have a buddy of mine who's about Gargano's height and he has the same exact thing. Um, and uh, that was a really fun house show. Um, and Montez Ford, I met him and he really liked this my smell, my scent. <laughs> I don't know if I've told this story in the podcast before, but I'll, I'll tell it again right now. Uh, he's like, "Oh, damn, man, you smell good. What kind of cologne you got on?" I'm like. I don't wear a cologne, man. I don't know. It's like, I don't know what it is, man. But the, your natural body odors, something, something, something smells good. And I'm like, I got hair gel on. He's like, that might be it, man. That might be it. <laughs> Montez, like Street Profits were like, they were really, really big in the NXT t- uh, NXT crowd. And they, I don't even think they're, they're, they, were, they were not as big as they are today. But it was cool meeting Montez Ford and Johnny Gargano. They were really, really cool dudes. Um just yeah, man. NXT uh, for the longest time was the greatest set of wrestling that we saw. It was before AEW, you know. I mean, and, uh, New Japan, Ring of Honor were kind of making their stride and everything, and, and New Japan was having great, great stuff too. But um, in my opinion, like NXT, the black and gold NXT, like 2018, 2019, like that's the prime era of NXT, and I miss it so much. And you know we. And today, you know, I'm going to be going over my top 10 favorite takeover matches. And uh, this was a really hard list to make. Um, and now that the takeover name is long gone, it's we're just going to be going over just some of my favorite matches and memories that I've seen. And it's really, really hard, man. It's really, really hard to, to process. But, um, you know, we're going to go through it and um, leave, leave the memories alone. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna, I got some honorable mentions here. I'm gonna talk about real quickly. Um, first, uh, Keith Lee versus Dominic Dijakovic for the NXT North American Title at Takeover Portland. 
uh, because Keith Lee is the fucking man, and that might be his greatest match he's had in NXT. Uh, Dominic Dijakovic, too, or T-Bar, as he's better known as today. Eh. Just th- those guys had an amazing, amazing view in NXT, and it was just another great matchup that they had. Uh, Adam Cole versus Ricochet, takeover, takeover Brooklyn 4. I was there for that takeover. That's the match where Ricochet hit the moonsault where Cole went to the super kick for the North American title. Undisputed era of Roderick Strong and Kyle O'Reilly versus Mustache Mountain of Tyler Bate and Trent Seven, and Tyler Bate was the fucking MVP of that match. Uh... Gargano versus Adam Cole at TakeOver 25, the rematch for the title. Um, Alistair Black and Velveteen Dream at the first TakeOver War Games. Uh, Alistair Black and Ricochet versus the War Raiders at TakeOver New York. Uh, an amazing tag team match. Uh, and Finn Balor versus Kevin Owens TakeOver Brooklyn 1. Sasha Banks versus Bayley at TakeOver Unstoppable. And just so, so many more that I wish I could put in this list. But I had to break it down. Also, real quickly... Uh, Walter versus Ilya Dragunov at this past uh, earlier this year from NXT TakeOver 36 and Kyle Riley versus Finn Balor TakeOver 31 there's so much more there's so many more but we have to get into them uh, if if any of your favorites are on here let us know on Twitter at TNAWP but we're going to kick into this at number 10 Sami Zayn versus Adrian Neville at TakeOver R Evolution now this was the time where I think I had to have at least one takeover match that kind of where these takeovers started to to bloom and blossom and just really get into their in, into its craft, you know. And when I started watching NXT, it was around this time. It was around the time where Adrian Neville was the NXT champion. He was the longest reigning NXT champion at the time. I think actually, I think there were only t- like two or three NXT champions prior to him. Like there was Seth Rollins, there was Big E, there was Bo Dallas, yeah, and then Adrian Neville. And Sami Zayn was like, you know, a lot of people called called Gargano the heart and soul of NXT, and and you know, you could say the same thing for Sami Zayn, you know, the underdog from the underground. You know, he um, he was he had many chances to be NXT champion, and because of kind of being a too trustworthy, you know, happy go lucky babyface, it cost him a bunch of times. You know, the, the match takes place at a takeover uh, back when it was in Full Sail University. And this crowd was so pro Sami Zayn. And, you know, they were saying, the ole, 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 because, you know, he was El Generico in Ring of Honor and PWG. Uh, you know, the stipulation of this match was if Sami Zayn didn't win, he would leave NXT. And Adrian Neville, better known as Pac these days, uh, you know, he was a baby face. They were both baby faces, but in this match, you could see like some heel tendencies of, of Neville. And I remember messaging my buddies like this, like th- this was the, the the show that like where I was kind of like f- I had I had kind of gotten back into wrestling, but I was also kind of like falling out because CM Punk wasn't around, and it was really hard. For a lot of my guys weren't around. Like Daniel Bryan was in and out a lot because of the injuries at the time. But TakeOver, NXT, this TakeOver, like, really got me back into it. It was Kevin Owens' debut, uh, you know, and Sami Zayn was just – he people wanted him to win so badly. I wanted him to win so badly, and these guys had such great chemistry together, you know. Uh, you know, towards one point in the match, you know, the ref got knocked down a few different times, and they kept and, – and the crowd kept telling this ref sucks. But Sami Zayn being the super underdog babyface that he was – he was so over with the crowd, you know. The, he he really was NXT's Daniel Bryan. You know, this was his this was his moment to win the title. You know, uh, every every moment of him being a dumb babyface, being screwed over. You know, Zayn finally in this tremendous match, you know, overcomes the odds and actually becomes, you know, NXT champion. Uh, at one point, you know, he had the title in his hands and and Neville was on his knees and the refs like, no, no, don't. And it was like, no, don't do it. You'll lose. And he overcomes the odds being the great baby face that he is and i i'm talking about this i miss Sami Zayn's baby face and wb's main roster fucked him up as a main as a baby face um you know the match ends with a haluva kick sammy pins neville one two three the crowd goes insane nxt nxt new nxt champion Sami Zayn. kevin owens the first one there gives him a big hug real life best friends and as they're leaving kevin owens has Sami Zayn. 
over his over his arms, his his arm over his shoulders, and then just throws him onto the onto the guard onto the the steel plating on the floor and beats the shit out of him. Pop up power bombs him onto the onto the uh, the the ring apron, and that sets up one of the great feuds. The, continues one of the greatest feuds in in re- modern wrestling of Kevin Steen versus El Generico or Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens, however you want to put it, and um, it. KO coming out to his, you know, again coming out to be the first one to congratulate his best friends, and the heel turn afterwards. It just led to one of the best takeover main events, and it just things just elevated from there. Uh, it was hard trying to pick what match from this era I wanted to put in, but it, it had to be this one because this is the one where it's like you know, this is where takeovers are really starting to become a big deal, and we are really truly getting into all of this. Um, the NXT overall, they just. They evolved from this point. It just got kept getting better and better and better. And as we see with the rest of this list, we're going to be jumping around a bit, but you'll see more into this. Coming in at number nine from NXT TakeOver New Orleans, the opening ladder match of EC3 versus Velveteen Dream versus Ricochet versus Killian Dane versus Lars Sullivan versus Adam Cole. You know... All the people I just mentioned there. There's only one person who's still employed with the company, and I mentioned that a lot in my notes and while watching this match. It's so amazing that these days only one of these guys is still with WWE, and that was Ricochet, and this was his debut, and he didn't fail to impress. I I was so excited seeing him in this match because he's by far the best high-flying wrestler in the world, but WWE doesn't see it that way for some fucking reason. But the moonsault from the top rope when he makes everything looks he makes everything look so easy even if you're even if you were someone who's not a fan of 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 these guy uh, of these guys of some of these guys I should say every single guy looked great in this match even a guy like Lars Sullivan who is a shit wrestler he was horrible but he really like like he is he's the drizzling shits but he really played his role really well in this match because every time he was getting up there and you thought he was going to win he, people were booing, people were invested, and everything just went right for this night, you know, it was a Mania weekend crowd for a takeover with the most hardcore fans in one place, it felt right, you know, big demo, you know, hitting a suicide dive on Lars with the crowd popping big, the crowd so badly, either wanted Cole or Ricochet to win this match and booed big time, when, again, every time Lars went up, you know, no one holds back, Killian Dane and and uh, Lars Sullivan uh, throw Ricochet at, at each other. He gained through Ricochet into a ladder. Uh, EC3 and Cole forming a short alliance until EC3 tried to steal his catchphrase, and Cole didn't take very kindly to that. Uh, people love Cole so much, and it makes me happy that he's no longer in WWE because they would have, fu- again, would have fucked him up so bad. Uh, Velveteen Dream, an- another great prospect that had so much potential, you know? He was 20 fucking two here. 22! Dream with the purple rainmaker from the top of the ladder. Uh, I think he was always hitting Dane or um, or EC3. It was somebody, and I forgot how much I love this match. And you know, to say to say this was EC3's best match as WWE and Lars Sullivan's best match. Meltzer, I think, gave this like five stars. Yeah, he gave this and the main event of that of that takeover five stars. And it's got EC3 and Lars fucking Sullivan. Um. At many times, you know, uh, any any guy in this match could have won. When I first watched this, I really wanted Colt to win, but I wasn't sure what was going to happen considering Bobby Fish was injured at the time and he had to wrestle a tag match with O'Reilly for the uh, Dusty Cup and the tag team titles. Uh, you know, Dane hitting a big Vader bomb onto EC3 with Colt on his back onto a ladder. Uh, that was such a brutal spot. And the more I want, uh, the more and the more I watched it, the more I was kind of sad, you know. Now, uh, again, because so many guys are no longer here because of whatever the reasoning be, you know, getting released or their own issues or their own egos and just you know being gone from the company. Some guys are still flourishing, you know, like EC3 today, uh, you know, still doing their thing, uh, but others are no longer, you know, in the company, and it just makes me sad, you know. And now, you know, Sullivan and, like I said earlier, they were having a, a hoss off, throwing ricochet at each other. And I'm right, and I write in my notes, like, look at me actually being excited for for Lars Sullivan. This is again, he sucked, but this is one of the this is one of those few matches where he actually really shined and did a really good job. And my favorite spot of the match, uh, the entire match, is 
so it was either Sullivan or Dane who was about who was tipping a ladder over when Ricochet was trying to go for the title. He glances over his shoulder, and he's as he's being tipped off, he just does a moonsault onto the outside. With like, like that is my thing. Like Ricochet just glanced. He just glanced. He just oh okay boom, and I'm like. If you've never seen Ricochet wrestle before, like an actual match before, like you were in for a fucking treat that night. You were in for a guy who was going to go all in and be like like the real-life Spider-Man. I've said it before on this podcast that Ricochet is Spider-Man Miles Morales and Will Ospreay over in New Japan. At least at the time, he was Spider-Man Peter Parker, and it was fucking insane, you know, Ricochet uh, with the, hit a shooting star press in EC3 at one point. Velveteen Dream Ricochet going on the ladder, setting up, hitting the, the Dream Valley driver onto the perch ladder. And then that was a brutal spot. Sullivan power slamming EC3 into Dream. So many crazy fucking spots in this match. You know, Dane instead of Ricochet at one point in the ladder. Dane picking up Cole for the pile driver onto Ricochet, snapping the ladder in half. Like at one point, three sets of guys snap one ladder on the outside, and the other three set of guys snap the other ladder on the other side on the outside the ring uh like R- Ronaldo Morrow calls Lars the Thanos of NXT <laughs> he always got to get those pop culture references is uh, references in yeah uh you know at one point you get all men fighting on the three uh three ladder three on, on three ladders fighting for the title you know and 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 watching this like Lars Sullivan like if you had like a lot of these matches go back and watch them. like Lars Sullivan had several attempts to get the t- to get the title and every time he was booed out of the fucking building um but eventually the the match ends with Cole knocking off Ricochet to win the title and to become the first North American champion and Cole was a very surprising choice for this match considering again the circumstances with Bobby Fish and then later on, what happens with Roderick Strong joining the Undisputed Era? Um, it just it, it it might be the greatest opening match that we've ever seen in, in NXT history. You know, there's a lot you could argue. You know, you could put, uh, I mentioned a few opening matches in my honorable mentions: Black and Ricochet versus War Raiders for the tag titles, and Keith Lee versus Dominic Dijakovic for the North American title and Takeover Brooklyn. Uh, I'm sorry, Takeover Portland. And, you know, but there's this one, and I watched this, and I'm like, I still feel like the, the amount of fun I had when I first watched it. And it's it's an amazing, amazing match to arguably what could be the greatest NXT TakeOver of all time. But uh, it's not the only multi-man match we have in this list. And I had to get at least one of these matches into my list because coming in at number eight, the 2019 men's... Match of Team Tommaso Ciampa versus the Undisputed Era, where Undisputed Era obviously consisting of Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, Roderick Strong, and Tommaso Ciampa's team of himself, Keith Lee, Dominic Dijakovic, and a surprising Kevin Owens. Uh, whatever you want to say your favorite War Games match is, um, you are very much entitled to your opinion. But this one's my favorite. This is my favorite War Games match. Uh, just because uh, again, because of Kevin Owens and NXT was really on fire in the very beginning of the Wednesday Night Wars, going against AEW on the head-to-head basis, and they were breaking out all the stops to to go against AEW. Now again, they used the Survivor Series to their advantage to bring a lot of you know main roster guys and girls onto NXT, so people would watch. And I remember I was it worked. I was watching, but you know. This match was so much fun. As you open up, seeing UE with all the gold, it really made me happy, but sad at the same time because now, you know, three of those guys are no longer in the company. Roderick Strong is still stuck in NXT as the Cruiserweight Champion, and they're trying to off that title from what I understand. Uh, but there's no denying that UE, War Games, was their match. It belonged to them. And UE's match... Uh, being in every single one of these take, yeah, they were in every sing. They were in just about every single War Games match prior to this recent War Games pay per view. And it's funny how they didn't want to get Kyle O'Reilly, the guy who was most experienced in the War Games matches on the in the entire NXT roster in the match. But that's beyond me, I guess. Um, and this was the prime time for Keith Lee. You know, hit, like we mentioned earlier, he was having this rivalry with Dijakovic. 
another great big man, you know, just doing things that you never ever see these type of guys do with this, you, you know, with, they have a move set that is just so incredible, you know. Um Tommaso Ciampa was the babyface at the time, and he looked like a total badass coming in with his gear, with his jacket and his Punisher-like skull mask. Uh, Ciampa and Strong had started the match, and Strong was hesitant to go in. Ciampa throws his crutch, and Strong says, I don't need it. Going into the match, and Team Ciampa are down one man. Because we I don't remember who the original person was supposed to be. I don't remember. I really don't remember who the other person was supposed to be. Um feel like they could have put Gargano in there. I think Gargano was feuding with Balor, and I think Balor turned heel. But anyway, we, but we were down one man, and the fourth man was a mystery. We didn't know at the time. Um, you know, Kyle O'Reilly comes in next and enters. And enters. Uh, it, it was a it was really cool seeing O'Reilly and Strong teaming together because you know I have here that you know that O'Reilly really was the linchpin of UE. He really like he just he like. All the tag teaming of any guy you put him in there with Cole Strong Bobby Fish like he made every member feel like yeah it's it's UE and they can team with anybody and it'll be fine and Kyle O'Reilly did an amazing job of that he he really really made no matter who was in as his partner he made it gel he couldn't make it gel unfortunately for Von Wagner but Von Wagner is I guess the drizzling shits <laughs> um, you know uh, like I said. Uh, then Dijakovic enters the match. Uh, uh, you know he kicks the fuck out of everybody, beating the shit out of him. And Dijakovic just being a massive, massive guy reminds me how great he is. And just get rid of this whole T-bar thing, dude. Go back to being Dijakovic. Bobby Fish enters in the match. Uh, you know with his his unique martial arts style of of, of fucking kicks and strikes. Uh, kicking Champa right in his fucking chest, and Red Dragon getting in there, hitting total domination on Diamond Dijakovic. Yui hitting, chasing the Dragon and on Champa, like a pack of wolves. These guys are, and Roderick Strong's just screams at Dijakovic, "Feast your eyes, dork!" <laughs> and here comes Keith Lee into the fray. Lee is like a is fucking wrecking Yui, and I'm like, how the fuck do you release this guy? Just just not too long ago, they released Keith Lee and like, oh, I don't see anything in him, you know, no, his War Games match, no, nothing, Brock Lesnar, no, Roman Reigns, no, his match Adam Cole, no, it's fucking unbelievable, man, like what, watching a lot of these, I got, I got really depressed, a lot of them, I got really, really depressed, because a lot of these guys are no longer in the company, and it just goes to show, you had great talent, and you wasted it on the main roster, or wherever, um, you know, it's, you know, UE eventually get the better of Lee, and they do ground and pound with Champa making the save, but Adam Cole is coming in down to the ring. Cole goes under the ring and gets a whole bunch of tables, uh, setting up one table in front of a fan, and, and, and I'm like, how many fucking tables did he grab? Too too much. As Cole tries to get into the, cha- the cage, Champa fucking throws him onto that table outside of the ring. Uh, at this point, we still don't know who the fourth member of Team Champa is. Both teams get in. Lee tries to get re- uh, Red Dragon up for a big move, but Fish low blows him. Here comes Kevin Owens. He is the final member of Team uh, of Team uh, Tommaso Champa, and Yui is stunned. The Chicago crowd they had for this pay-per-view is just going fucking nuts as he's hitting power bombs, package pile drivers. NXT Kevin Owens is the absolute best because he has his fucking NXT fucking taped shirt on. I still have that shirt to this day. Cole and KO go stand out each other. Cole hitting up the Yui symbol, and Ke- Kevin Owens trying to instead just go suck it. I was hoping he would have flipped them off, but he didn't. <laughs> Team Champa get they set up the tables. Keith Lee climbs to the top for a flying crossbody. O'Reilly hits a flying knee and a leg hook into Keith into Keith Lee. Dijakovic with a springboard moonsault. Fish hits his own springboard moonsault. Owens with a swanton on Fish. Strong hitting avalanche slam on Keith Lee. Owens throws O'Reilly into a cage and goes, oh, did that hurt? Okay, excuse me. K.O. just the back... Uh, with a pile uh, with the package pile driver, but Cole escapes and hits the Panama Sunrise onto Owens onto the steel plate. Champa cleaning house, hitting running knees onto UE. Champa gets Cole on the top ropes as him and Cole fight position to try and each and get each other to those two tables that were set up. Lee getting a beat down by Fish Strong and Cole, and Champa have to climb up to the top of the cage. Dijakovic throws Strong onto the table. Kyle O'Reilly tries to knock Dijakovic. Owens with his frog splash on the table. 
I'm t I think that was Strogic Strong. I think he hits it on. Lee with the power bomb through the table on Fish. Champa gets Cole up on his back, up at the top of the cage, and storms down. I can't remember the name of it. I wrote it in my notes somewhere else in another match. And sending Cole through two tables, and Team Champa wins. Regardless of what you think, this is my favorite War Games match of all time, and it just goes to show because it was fucking insane. Hot hot and ready crowd they loved every second of it and it was in chicago what could you do better coming in at number seven volta versus tyler Bate at nxt uk takeover cardiff yes i have at least one nxt uk takeover match in this list because volta is one of my favorite wrestlers i love him in david versus goliath type situations and just UK crowds, man, for, for all my UK listeners out there, you guys have such fucking amazing times at wrestling shows where I'm just like, I gotta go to a show here, I have to, and this Cardiff show was great, uh, I wrote a lot for this match, so I'm gonna try and skim through some of these notes and try and give these this match the 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 credit it deserves because I, I think it's the longest out of all the matches I had on here went like almost 40 minutes someone something like that uh, Walter really has the best David versus Goliath type of matches in modern day pro wrestling you know you, you can have him and Tyler Bate in this match and then also him versus Will Ospreay at OTT uh, a few years back one of my favorite matches he's ever had you know and also what I miss from you, 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 my UK listeners and friends, listen, I am so jealous that you guys get the, this following contest is scheduled for one fall, one fall, you guys have that, and then Vince McMahon so badly wanted that to stop, and he made it stop at every single show he did, SmackDown, Raw, NXT, fucking asshole, anyway, I digress, uh, you know, the, the, UK crowds will pop for so much stuff. Uh, you know, at one point, Walter's a wanker is going on in the Seven Nations Army theme song. Walter's a wanker. Walter is a wanker. Not the Seven Nations. Walter's a wanker. I was laughing so hard in this fucking match just from the crowd itself. And it really does take a special type of crowd to make uh, a great match. And that's what this does. You know, Walter takes control of the match midway through, destroying Bate, powerbombing him, the barricade, stiff chops and kicks, and Bate is such a great babyface with his selling uh, and needs to be used more. Walter's clubbing fist strikes and pounds on Bates and the chest echoes in the arena. Uh, Manjel McGinnis and Vic Joseph do such a great job on commentary here. At one point, the guys are chopped like Bate and Walter are chopping the shit out of each other. You know, Wal uh, you know, Bate power slams Walter onto the floor. Bate goes for a top rope dive, and Walter chops his back. I'd say if there was a match I was trying to get someone into for NXT UK, this is the match I show them. Just like any Walter match, really. You know, uh, every time Bate is chopped, he gets up with fire in his eyes. And the crowd saying, hey, Tyler, I want to know, will you be my boy? B-O-I, by the way. Uh, big, strong boy, that is. The whole match, Bate has tried to lift Walter on his shoulders. And they've been building to it and building to it. And Bate gets him off his shoulders. But the, the Birmingham or Bate crawls for Walter to cover. And Walter just rolls out of the ring. Bate hits two suicide dives on the walls from the outside, and the crowd want Bate to win so badly. But Bate struggles to get a German a German on Walter. Bate uh, hits the uh, hits the driver, and all that mo moment, everyone thought it was gonna be he's gonna win. You know the 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 Tyler driver that is. You know he Bate goes to the top rope and he corkscrew dive. Walter kicks out. Bate starts to hit a hard strike on Walter, and Walter gets a big chop and boot to Bate, and it gets a sleeper. Uh, Bate is able to lift Walter back on his shoulders and apply the sleeper. Walter gets the sleep back on. Walter, again, goes for those chop strikes on the outside. Walter hits a big chop on the back of the reverse suplex to Bate. Walter goes for the top rope dive again. Bate kicks out of the car, loses their shit. I lose my shit. Bate keeps kicking out. Walter goes for the power bomb and Bate kicks out at one. Fucking one. Crowd is ballistic. Walter with a huge fucking chop as he is... As, as the crowd is fully behind Bate, Walter with one big clothesline and retains the fucking title. Like, this is a prime example of a babyface getting over in defeat and a champion, a heel champion looking strong. Like, I think we knew, at least at the time, for those who don't remember, it wasn't time for Walter to lose the title. 
But just this match just took you on a wild fucking ride to the point where you actually thought Bate could win the title. You, I thought it winning watching this match. I'm like, there's no like. I remember that takeover happening. I'm like, there's no way Bates gonna win because like they're trying to. I think they were trying to set up Balor and Walter in the future, and I don't know if we're ever gonna get that match ever again at this point. Um, but it was just so so good. It just I had to get at least one UK takeover match in here, and this is the match I had to put in. But we got to move on here. Coming in at number six. Hashtag DIY versus The Revival. Two out of three falls. Take over Toronto. Now, this is the only tag team match I have in this list. It was very hard to pick from the great tag team matches we have seen from over the years. You know, you could pick The Revival versus American Alpha. I could have picked Ricochet and Black versus War Raiders. I could have picked a lot of those, but you had to pick this one. This is the greatest NXT tag match of all time. Takeover for sure, but tag match uh, of all time. My personal favorite tag match of NXT is the UE versus uh, the the Revival. It's my personal favorite. But this is that didn't happen on Takeover. That happened on NXT TV. So this is classic heel versus babyface in wrestling. The now FTR arguably the best tag team in the world, facing off against longtime rivals of DIY of Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa. You knew from the past tag matches it would be good, but this might just be the greatest tag team match in NXT history. Like I just said, FTR are just such great. At the little things, you know, like the little things in their wrestling. That's what makes them so good. You know, making quick tags in and out, making good use of the five count, beating down the baby faces to lead to the eventual hot tag. Gargano doing the slingshot spear into the shatter machine. Now the big rig to get the first fall in this match. And Gargano was was the such the underdog babyface uh, at the time of this, especially with his selling. And just to show how good FTR FTR are. <laughs> I can't believe I wrote that down. Cash grabs Champa's leg to prevent the, the tag, distracts the ref after Gargano tags Champa, and the ref tells him to go back. This is what I mean by the little things. FTR, they really know how to get fucking heat. They're so good. And the crowd so badly wants DIY to win. You know, uh the the fall go you know, the falls eventually go trading between uh between both teams. Uh, I can't remember what the fucking fall where DIY got the second one, but I know FTR got the first. Uh, you know, the sh- the cast a shadow of doubt. You know, this shouldn't this shouldn't cast a shadow of doubt as to why this is the greatest NXT tag team match ever. Uh, seeing this makes me really miss the Rebel Heart Gargano, and hopefully one day we'll go back to that. And and he did eventually, but before he left, uh, yeah. Uh, the closing image of Gargano and Champa hitting their finishers in unison on FTR as they hold their hands not to tap out, but they just tap, and it's so beautiful. It's it's a masterwork of tag team matches, and it's something that is truly, in my opinion, truly lost in modern-day WWE. Like, we have great tag teams in NXT and, and WWE, but like, but this, this beautiful tag team match is just, it just goes to show just how fucking good tag team wrestling can be when you get the right two teams in there and you let them fucking go. And this was by far the best match of that takeover. This is by far, in my opinion, the greatest tag team match in takeover history. And I'll give you a big, big spoiler for the rest of this list. It's, there's no other tag matches on this list. And it was very hard to rank this list, but I think at least getting into my top 10 has to be something. So for those of you who are fans of the Revival, FTR, DIY, I had to get it in there. And now we're moving on to the top five. You're going to see a very, very consistent theme coming from my last match to this one. Next one is number five is Johnny Gargano versus Andrade Cien Almas for the NXT take uh, for the NXT title at Takeover Philadelphia. The match that truly opened everyone's eyes to Johnny Gargano, in my opinion, being the greatest wrestler to ever come out of NXT. This was his first big title match in the Takeover against Andrade uh, in the Philly crowd. Around this time, Gargano made his takeover gear to... He made a lot of them to resemble Marvel characters. I believe this one was either resembling Star-Lord or Daredevil. I couldn't really tell. Uh, Andrade needs to uh, needs the recognition as to how good... He also... He, he, he got the recognition he needed, too. Because 
when he won the NXT title, people were like, oh, whoa, wow, really? And and he really proved his his worth. And this is still his best match in WWE when he had, uh, just to show how good he was as champion. Uh, Gargano, he was always have he was always an amazing wrestler, but it was great to see him in this huge spotlight. Hearing Morrow's voice for a lot of these matches when I was watching, it was nice to because I miss Morrow now doing commentary. The story of the match was that Andrade had Gargano up 2-0. And he was not only trying to win the title, but he was trying to get the better of Andrade. And these guys had really great chemistry together. Um, wish they could have gotten more in TakeOver, but there's more matches of them. There's TakeOver Brooklyn 3, I believe. There's this match, and then there's also the uh, match where they had where Gargano put his career on the line. All, all great classic matches between these three. Um and Zelina Vega and Andrade were so good in this pairing. Uh, Zelina always getting involved in Andrade's, Andrade's matches to help keep the title and move and and win. Uh, Andrade always utilizing Zelina to the best of his ability. Uh, one thing I really loved in this match when the moments where they truly thought they were going to lose Zelina, the selling on her face that Andrade could actually lose was exceptional, and. I'm trying to go for uh, go in for the running knees. Andrade trying to go over the running knees. Sorry. Bit of typo on my notes. I should have checked that before I started recording. Uh, trying to go over the running knees a second time. And another series of moves by Gargano. And Andrade hit into the spinning tornado DDT. Uh, this match overall is all over the place. And I loved it. The, the 10 chance was still a big thing. Because Sean Spears now formerly uh, Ty Dillinger was still in NXT. Uh, I missed those. Uh, these two put over, th- uh, you know, putting through, through a fucking war. Andrade, for sure, underestimated Gargano in the story of this match, and th- he'd easily get the better of him. The crowd comes alive towards the latter half of this match. Gargano's DIY kick, Selena's interference, small package from from Andrade, kick out of the DIY kick. Andrade kicks out. What a fucking match I'm writing here. Gargano is dazed and confused trying to fight through this match. Gargano's babyface comebacks is the fucking best. The crowd gets fired up, buying into him, winning one of his, this big match. One of my favorite parts of the match doesn't even involve Gargano and Andrade. I love the brawl between Candice and Zelina. You know, Zelina and Vega got involved one too many times, and Candice LeRae just beat the fucking shit out of her. I would not want to fuck with Candice LeRae, man. Cody Rhodes has said, like, you know, there's two freakish uh, big feats of strength he's dealt with in his career. One of them was Brock. The other was Candice LeRae. The final spots are a thing of beauty where Gargano's head hitting the the turnbuckle uh, pole. The double knees uh, onto the ring pole. And... And into an elevated hammerlock DDT for the win, and it is such a masterpiece of a, of a match together. The closing image is Champa attacking Gargano, returning, hitting with the clutch, leading into another instant classic, which we will get to in a little while later. Spoiler alert! Uh, number four, Sami Zayn versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Hello, Sami Zayn. Good to see you again. Thanks for giving Shinsuke Nakamura the greatest match of his entire WWE run. I knew of Shinsuke Nakamura at the time. I saw some things here and there, but I've never seen a whole a whole thing of what he was about. And I really and I really kicked myself for never th- seeing anything major prior. Holy shit! Just just when you see this match, is Nakamura's entrance uh, alone? This I'm like this guy's fucking incredible. He's a total rock star with the crowd in the palm of his hand, and they don't even try, throw a strike. Like, the match has even started, and they're just eating this up. To this day, like I said, it's still his WWE, best WWE match. Arguably the greatest wrestler to ever come out of New Japan Pro Wrestling. The unique way he get his opponents in, into his head is just by resting his head in their chest, waving his arms back and forth. And, you know, he's like Freddie Mercury and Michael Jackson mixed as a wrestler. Having Sami Zayn as his first opponent was a great choice. Shinsuke's hard kicks and strikes mixed with Zayn's fast-paced, high-flying style blended so well together. If this match happened today, unfortunately, no one would care, and that is the truth. This was the first WrestleMania takeover, and the crowd showed it. What made this match even better was the fact that Zayn and Nakamura never had a match prior to this. And one of my favorite spots, the running DDT through the turn, you know, where Zayn used to do that, and he'd, he'd do like a spinning DDT onto the outside running through the uh, the bottom turnbuckle, and Nakamura just fucking kicks him right in the face. Like, and the other big thing about this match, too, to remember, this was the Fight Forever chant creation. 
When your match creates a brand new chant, it's one of the all-time greats. It's one of the all-time classics. And personally, it's the only match where I think that Fight Forever works only there. I think Fight Forever only works in that match. I actually hate the chant Fight Forever because you can't replicate it. It just it doesn't seem right to me. Even when I've gone to matches where people have chanted Fight Forever, I'm like, no, 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 I'm not going to chant that because it's, it never worked the same. Unlike Sami Zayn and, and Shinsuke Nakamura. I might be in the minority there, but I digress. You know, you know, closing with the knee to the back of the, uh, to the back, and then the Kinshasa was a great ending to an amazing roller coaster of a match. You know, just the uniqueness, you know, the clashing of styles. The, the, the amazing part is how. These guys never touched. Sami Zayn, I believe, talked with uh, Jericho on his podcast, and he said, you know, we never touched going into that match. We just wanted to go in, feel each other out, and just have the match, and it was so, so good. This was Sami Zayn's swan song for NXT. He was done with NXT after this. This was a great way to bring in Shinsuke Nakamura to the NXT crowd uh, and just get him used to that. Just... An amazing, amazing match, and still one of my favorite matches. And again, just Nakamura's best match in WWE so far. If you want to argue with me and say there's a better match, come right at me at Twitter on CJ at CJ underscore twelve nine twelve fourteen or TNAWP the podcast Twitter here. Please, I would love to debate that with you. Coming in number three, we are at the top three: Adam Cole versus Johnny Gargano. At NXT TakeOver New York, two out of three falls. I was just finishing up watching this match in preparation for this this episode. Um, as we knew, this match was supposed to be the blow-off of Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa. Uh, but obviously, Tommaso Ciampa had hurt his neck for this blow-off, and um, he was replaced by Adam Cole, where Cole won a fatal five-way on an episode of NXT. Uh, and... What was really great is that the creative and the production team, they did a really great job making it feel like it was Cole the whole time. And if anyone else remembers, you know, this is also a time where WWE were doing two out of three falls matches on TV to try to avoid the commercials. Anybody else remember that? If you don't, good for you. Uh, it's just, how, how fucking dumb was that anyway? Regardless, if there was a takeover that I truly regret not going to, it's this one. This was in New York, and I... Didn't go to it, and I regret not going to it. I really wish I went to this show. Uh, Johnny Gargano comes out in his Iron Man takeover gear. Uh, one of my favorite, if not my favorite gear he's done with uh, his takeover gear. He also did a really cool like Venom slash Spider-Man one for TakeOver Brooklyn 4. Um, you know, and then this time, you know, Avengers Endgame was coming out. It was right around the corner. And this crowd in the beginning of the match was very anti-Gargano and very pro-Adam Cole. But it's amazing how these guys took the crowd on a wild journey from doing Gargano this absolutely batshit crazy. You know, f from being going absolutely batshit crazy in the end from when he finally won the title. You know, uh, had Champa never got hurt, though, I noticed, like, Undisputed Era didn't seem to be in the cards for this takeover. Because nobody else from the faction had a match except Adam Cole. Um... It's it's crazy to think because UE is a is a huge huge faction, uh, and this was the main event uh, of the takeover. It was WrestleMania 35 weekend, uh, with the with the all the cr fans from all over the world, uh, and what you could argue is the greatest NXT takeover uh, NXT takeover show of all time. What's even more amazing is how neither of these guys are in the company anymore. I keep mentioning this a lot. Uh, this is Cole's first main event championship takeover match. Prior to this, Cole never had a he never main evented a takeover for the title. Um, Gargano and Cole may have not had a match one on one NXT. They had not had a match in NXT one on one at this point, but they've had matches before in the past. You know, these guys have wrestled before, but they nef definitely didn't share this kind of stage. Two guys who made their names in the Indies wrestling the biggest show of in uh, for NXT Mania weekend. And they're having such great chemistry. You know, uh, first 20 minutes, the first fall isn't even taken. Plus, neither man is able to get a pinfall. You know, anyone who wants to learn how good to be a babyface, you're a wrestler, you know, you should pay attention to Gargano and his selling. It's top tier, especially when his favorite wrestler is Shawn Michaels. And Shawn Michaels is a babyface. No one sold better than him. 
Cole gets the last shot for a great back and forth of the first fall, and now Gargano being in a true underdog spot, having to uh, score two consecutive falls to win the match. Cole gets cocky, taking his, uh, thinking he's got this. Commentary, even Percy Watson saying that Cole can't get cocky. And Mauro Nalo just goes, well, he's Adam Cole. <laughs> he is, cocky is his name. Gargano was the first uh, person to kick out of the last shot. Which I didn't know that. Gargano hitting the spear and the running uh, ring apron, the rolling senton, Cole to the outside. Gargano hitting a Londar DDT, but Cole reverses into an Ushiguroshi. Cole tried to go for a Panama Sunrise, but Gargano was able to stop it momentarily. Even going through, you know, Gargano is uh, doing an avalanche air raid crash onto Gargano, uh, pulling out st- uh, from Champa's book. Later, we see Cole hitting the fairy tale ending onto Gargano with the with the fairy tale ending. Like I say, yeah, fairy tale ending on the on the Spanish announce table. You know, just you know these guys hitting strikes and bicycle kicks and clotheslines, super kicks, move after move and. You know, Gargano hitting a lawn dart full uh, into a, a full Nelson, calling it the Hertz Donut. Uh, Cole and Gargano are spent. Both are going through the same move. Step up in Seguri's clotheslines with his super kicks and knock each other down. As the as the crowd, you know, may have been pro Cole. As the match continues, people are just want they're cheering for Gargano. They want him to actually win. They're they're going further and further, further. I should say, you know, Cole, uh, you know, Cole tried hitting a DIY super kick, but Gar- Gargano kicks out. You know, uh, a reason why people don't like Gargano is because of the kicks out of the big moves, especially in this match. But it to me, it added the drama in this match. You know, Cole got ready for another last shot, but Gargano hits a super kick on Cole, hits, and Gargano goes for the Gargano escape, but UE are getting involved. You know, Cole tapped the uh, tapped the ref, uh, tapped in the in the Gargano escape, but UE but the, he didn't see it. Cole pushes Gargano into the ref, and Fish and O'Reilly hit their finisher. Gargano kicks out. Holy fucking shit. UE are in, in, in complete disbelief. Cole runs towards Gargano as Gargano lifts Cole into them and takes out UE. But Cole with the super kick. This, like at this point, Gargano just kicking out with a big move with a big move. And it's like, say what you want about Giant Gargano. Say what you want about so many kickouts and so many matches. But this is, it makes sense for this. It makes sense for the story. It's, it's the guy will not give up. He has been through so much in his career. It is this long-term storytelling of like, I have had my best friend betray me. I have lost big matches after big matches. I will not lose. I will not give up because this is my moment and it should have happened a long time ago. Cole is able to get Gargano into uh, Gargano is able to get Cole rather into the Gargano escape. Cole is struggling. He is struggling to not tap, but ultimately he does. There's a big reason why I think Johnny Gargano is the greatest takeover, greatest wrestler of NXT takeover. It's because of big matches like this and every match he has appeared on in this list so far. There's big match John Cena and there's Johnny Takeover. The closing shot of the pay-per-view is Gargano, Candice LeRae, and Champa coming out to hug each other and celebrate Gargano's title win. One of the greatest main events in TakeOver history. Absolutely one of the greatest. But there's one more main event TakeOver match that I think is that much better. Coming in at number two, TakeOver New Orleans. Johnny Gargano versus Tommaso Champa. Now, there's something. There's every wrestler. And once in, you know, just... If we're lucky, we can get wrestlers who have that perfect opponent, who have that perfect opponent in those lists of matches. You know, there's a lot of guys, the Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin, Triple H and Shawn Michaels, the New Day and the Usos, you know, so many different guys feuding with each other. CM Punk and John Cena, CM Punk and Samoa Joe, uh... Brian Danielson, Brian Danielson, you know, Daniel Bryan versus the Authority. As far as these great classic stories, Brett versus versus Michaels, Hogan versus Andre, Macho Man versus Hogan. So many great rivalries. Hangman Page versus Kenny Omega in modern day pro wrestling. And there's one other few that I believe is quite possibly one the greatest modern day pro wrestling feud in WWE. Overall, and that is Johnny Gargano versus Tommaso Ciampa. These guys were perfect together, and it's the best long-term story NXT ever told. 
The video package sets the tone so well. Best friends turn bitter enemies. And this has the best heel run of any wrestler in WWE overall. Maybe the best heel in professional wrestling at the time. Gargano at this point was all, has wrestled for the NXT title twice. And Ciampa cost Johnny his NXT career. But remember, this Ciampa had no entrance music, came down to the ring with a chorus of boos, and fuck you Ciampas. Clap, 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 clap. This man was the most hated man in all pro wrestling. Champa soaks in the jeers and the boos. And it was and for us that was real. It was real for this man. The hatred was real. Gargano comes out to his Rebel Heart music with his Thor Ragnarok takeover gear. Gargano comes down in as the hero, the man, I set for revenge. Gargano does not take his eyes off of Champa. This is an unsanctioned match, and if Gargano loses, he is gone from NXT. Just out of the gate, Gargano being so aggressive on Champa, hitting a suicide dive on the outside. Gargano jumping on Champa onto the crowd. As a also a fun note, these guys main evented the show, while Kenny Omega and Cody Rhodes were main eventing an ROH show. Spoilers, this was a better match. Champa tries to get the suplex into Gargano, and Gargano throws Champa into the announcer's table as you um, as you uh, <laughs> as you can faintly God, I'm fucking up on my own notes. Um, as you can faintly hear Amaro Nalo he yell, Mama Mia! Uh, because the when they threw him in, it messed up the audio. Uh, the uh, I, I I watch these and every time I'm like Maro now does such an amazing job. Nigel McGuinness uh, continues commentary as Gargano tried to hit a power bomb on the table as Champa goes for a suplex on the outside of the floor. Champa hits Gargano and throws to the cover under the under the uh, the barricade uh, the broadcast table you know, that that thing they put over on the top of it for the shows. Uh, Gargano fights back, but Champa just gets one step ahead of Gargano every time. When I watched this match, I truly didn't know who was going to win. Like when I first watched it, and I was so emotionally invested, and that's why I like this one better than Gargano versus Cole for the title. Had Champa been in the championship match, the the spots probably would have been reversed, but unfortunately that didn't happen. And Champa just going on stomping Gargano as Champa then sits and claps. You know, the famous Champa spot where he's on the ring apron, he's clapping, he pats himself on the back. Uh, Champa takes the crutches from a plant, the fan, in a Gargano shirt. And how we knew is that security was <laughs> taking them out. And then the fucking spotlight guy put the spotlight on the fa- on the fan. Like, how can you not say that's a cha- that's a plant? Champa is swinging for the crutch uh, for the crutch on Gargano, and Gar- Gargano gets held up and sets San- Champa up for a power bomb in the exposed concrete. As the crowd chant, "You deserve it!" Absolutely, he did. Gargano and Champa return to the ring to fight for the crutch. Gargano has the crutch and beats the shit out of Champa with the crutch. Gargano with a shot of, on Champa's head with the crutch. Gargano goes for the lawn dart spear as Champa hits the running knee. As Champa goes for a spinning power bomb. I just remember being on the edge of my seat, being so worried that Gargano would go to the main roster, and Champa hitting his DIY running knees to the back of Gargano's head. Champa loses the knee brace as Gargano just slaps and strikes Champa. The spike Rana, the first Gargano escape of the match, but Champa just sticks his fingers right in Gargano's eyes like the prick that he is. Champa grabbing the crutch, strikes Gargano, hits the power bomb, the backbreaker. All I thought was this was it for Gargano, and Champa sh- uh, shouts, "This is my moment!" As Gargano slaps him in the face once again, Gargano with a super kick, lawn dart in the in the middle of the turnbuckle, super kick into a DIY super kick, and Champa kicks out. Champa sets up Gargano on the top rope as Gargano elbows his head to escape. Gargano switches positions as Champa on the avalanche power bomb knee strike on the injury on the injured knee. Gargano kicks out of the the crowd is stunned. Champa takes his knee brace off and exposes his his surgically repaired knee in the, the hate in his eyes he tries to go for the running knee Gargano grabs the brace hits Champa with it Gargano snaps the crutch in half and almost strikes Champa but Champa cowers and this is honestly the best part of the match for me the character work here is just perfection as they do their callback to their cruiserweight classic match and Gargano just sits next to Champa as Champa plays possum and Gargano sees that grabs the knee brace and stretches it across Champa's face and he makes Champa tap out. Gargano returns to NXT, and honestly, in my opinion, this is the greatest main event match in NXT's history, and the great uh, one of the greatest NXT matches of all time, 
but it is not my number one. And again, this was very, very hard for these two. I was even asking for an opinion from my girlfriend as to which one she thinks could be one or two, and she wasn't very help. I love her, but she wasn't as a big help. But coming in at number one, shoot me if you want to, Bailey versus Sasha Banks at NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 1. Big reason why this is number one. I was there. I was there for this match. This was the first NXT TakeOver in the arena setting. All these amazing TakeOver matches that I mentioned, all these amazing TakeOvers we've seen in years come, it all started with this arena show. Had this arena show not go as well as we thought it could have, then then we never would have had all these matches. One of, if not the greatest match I've ever seen live and in person. The first NXT TakeOver to be held outside of Full Sail University and the first to be held in an arena setting. The Sasha's ratchet, no, she's not chance in this match. The crowd was white hot for a first time ever type of event. And when Finn Balor defended the NXT title against Kevin Owens in a ladder match, this was the match that stole the show and everyone talked about. Banks working over Bailey's hand throughout throughout the match was brilliant because she really legitimately injured her hand prior to this. Uh, the brilliant spots of Banks getting in Bailey, the, the bank statement stomping on her hand while Bailey's reversing the crowd, going chanting NXT. Making fun of Bailey, saying which Sasha Banks truly shined as in her best heel work, probably in her entire career, right here in this match, in my opinion. The story was Bailey trying time and time after after again. You know, she had gotten different opportunities against Charlotte. Uh, you know, in that fatal four way of the four horsewomen, which is the only fatal four way they've ever had in WWE history, which is strangely enough in a previous takeover to this against Charlotte, against Sasha, against Becky. So many times she's tried, but she failed. And the the one of the best spots of the match, Sasha making fun of Bailey's little swing, oh, and then just slaps her right in the fucking face. But Bailey would not be denied. Bailey would not give in. With the one of the final sequences of the match being a reverse spike run onto the top rope into a Bailey to belly to a thunderous reaction. It was the match that set the tone for women's wrestling of the modern era. It was a match that set the the takeovers. That NXT TakeOver is a show you need to watch if you are a wrestling fan. And you are missing out if you are not watching it. In my opinion, this is the greatest modern day women's pro wrestling match in such a long time. Maybe it's, the to me, maybe the greatest women's match I've ever seen maybe the greatest women's match ever. You want to argue with me on that? Go right ahead. But I truly believe this is the best. This is where, again, similar to Champa and Gargano, the long-term storytelling here. It may have not been where two best friends turn bitter enemies in, in a kayfabe sense, but it was an under plucky underdog babyface in Bailey, who time and time again, similar to Sami Zayn, she tried and tried and tried, but could never win the big one. And then they save it for this big WrestleMania-type show where she finally wins the big one, where the closing shot are the four horsewomen, Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch, Blinch, Sasha Banks, and Bayley in unison, celebrating together, holding up the four horsewomen uh, symbol as Bayley is holding the NXT Women's Championship high and proud over her head. That is my list. If you disagree, if you agree, disagree, let us know on Twitter at TNAWP. Let me know what you think. Did I miss any of your favorite NXT TakeOver matches? I probably did. So please let us know on Twitter at TNAWP or at me on, on Twitter at CJ underscore 1214 or on Instagram at the Not Another Wrestling Podcast or on Instagram for me at CJ underscore 1293. Uh, please be sure if you are listening to us, please listen to us on your favorite podcast app, whether that be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you can find us. Leave us a five-star review. Share us with your friends uh, and everywhere you go. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Thank you for bearing with me. Uh, for those of you guys who missed an episode last week, I'm doing a lot better. I'm feeling a lot better. 
better. And that's why I'm here for you guys. This is something I've kind of been, again, wanting to work on for a while now that the TakeOver name is is dead and buried and we have you know hopefully i sent you down on memory lane hopefully maybe you want to rewatch some of these matches maybe you guys can tell me some of your favorite matches and tell me to rewatch and revisit these please let me know what you think on twitter at tnawp and please just enjoy yourselves as the time of this release spider-man no way home is going to be releasing so if you're going out to see spider-man no way home go out and do that you're going out for a drink whatever you're doing enjoy yourselves be safe hope you all enjoyed this episode for cj palmasano i'll see you all next time